Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week and all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com pro screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 72 of Screwball, and it is the week before the trade deadline, and we got a lot of uh, rumors and acquisitions and uh, other trade deadline-related uh, things coming up, uh, which is a really exciting time of the year for baseball. Uh, you got a lot of new faces and new places. You got a lot of uh, change of scenery, and you got you know a lot of uh, just general excitement around the game around this time of year. And we love it. I know fans love it. I know that I'm sure there's players that like it too because they get an opportunity at a new winning location. So um, before we go into our usual news roundup, I think with such a uh, hot topic, why don't we just go right into it? And we are just going to discuss the trade deadline and and uh, specifically what a new location. A uh, new locale and new look can do for a player. So with that, I'll let Frank kind of take over here, and he's he's also got some. We've got some trades to kind of go over here, and some rumors as well to uh, to kind of analyze and and go over. Yeah. So the main thing, uh, the first thing I should say that we want to talk about um, is the idea of change of scenery. Could it really help somebody that much? Um, and we've seen it in the past where a guy goes to a new team, and all of a sudden he turns into the superstar or the player he was supposed to be or becomes a better player than he was. But is that just the idea of changing the scenery, getting to a new team, um, or is there something else? I think the idea of actually leaving a franchise and going to a different franchise could actually play a big you know, big part in these. You know, We've seen that with Arietta leaving the Orioles and then going to the Cubs. J.D. Martinez bouncing around and, and going to Detroit and even becoming good in Detroit and then going to Arizona and Boston. So just leaving could have an impact just because if you're a higher prospect and now you got all eyes on you, you start fizzling out, you know, you're getting, you're still getting looked at like that. Um, you get traded away, you lose all that. Now you're just one of the guys again. Uh, but also a big thing is getting, you know, new coaches, new players, new teammates. You know, they help you out as well, but the coaches really could see something different than maybe other coaches didn't or new philosophy. One team might be a analytic, you know, fly ball team. One might just be like, hey, go hit the ball. Uh, the change of scenery could definitely help, but also we got to remember, you know, the coaches and the stadium and, you know, the opponents and a bunch of other things that are, that are going to play big big parts in this as well. Mm. Um, and the lineups that are surrounding them. And to start that off, we really go with, you know, to our first trade, we've seen a bigger trade. We've seen Adam Frazier to the Padres uh, for three players. This is great. Adam Frazier, uh, you know, NL starter this year. Great player, leading the major leagues in hits, 125 hits um, as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's just a great hitter. He plays infield, plays outfield. But he's a guy who went from a 60-loss team to a 60-win team. Mm-hmm. So what can that do? And a team that has not much offensive help from the Pirates into a team that's loaded. So he's already batting over 300. What's he going to do with the Padres? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's a good trade. I think he's only, only going to continue to play as good as he is, if not better. Agreed. And if he struggles a little bit, it, it'll be masked by the rest of the lineup. So he has no, you know, should be no pressure on him. Mm, that's a good point. Next trade we see, we've seen Rich Hill to the Mets. Uh, Rich Hill's been around for a thousand years now. <laughs> uh, Mets needed starting pitching badly. Um, so they got a guy that fills the back of the rotation and could fill in the bullpen late in the year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a good small trade for the Mets. 
you know, Rich Hill knows, knows how to pitch. So yeah. it's just a guy who's going to eat some innings and help out of the bullpen late in the year. And did pretty good in his debut with the Mets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the next big trade we've seen was uh, Nelson Cruz to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Twins, obviously, he's needed to trade him because his contract was up after this year, so there was nothing holding him, holding him there. They traded him, get a little help back, a little minor league guys back. Tampa Bay needs someone who's going to smash the ball. I'm a DH type, and they got that, Nelson Cruz. Um, again, it's hard to say that change of scenery is going to help these guys because they were playing well before, but also they're veterans. Mm-hmm. So there's not much you're going to change with these guys at this point. But Nelson Cruz to Tampa Bay is going to be a big big move for them because he's, he's the kind of hitter they need right in the middle of the lineup. Um, mash home runs. A veteran. Been around the block. Mm-hmm. Knows how to win for big franchises. Knows how to play for small franchises. Been on bad teams. Been on good teams. Went to the World Series with the Rangers and deep in the playoffs with the Rangers many a times. Uh, Orioles in the playoffs. I mean, uh, you know, he's been around a long mm-hmm. time. Twins in, in good fights with the in, in the playoffs. So um, he's definitely going to help Tampa Bay um, try getting back to uh, the playoffs and getting deep into the playoffs. Some other rumors we've seen. Um, the Mets kicking the tires on Max Scherzer as well as some other teams. Uh, we've seen Seattle uh, very interested in Whit Merrifield since they're still in the hunt. We've seen Trevor Story and the Yankees linked for a while now. Mm-hmm. The idea of Jose Ramirez possibly being on the trade block. That would be a big building block or, or, or block to fall in the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Hand and Daniel Hudson from the from the Nationals could could change teams. They're big relievers. Obviously, relievers are always hard to get or you know wanted at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Jose Barrios, another big name guy, younger player. Byron Buxton just turned out an extension, um, so the Twins could probably look to send uh, send him away at this point and get prospects back. Alex Cobb, Andrew Heaney, with the Angels still kind of fluttering, but. Those are pitchers who are, you know, their contracts are coming up, so you might as well trade them, get something back for them. Padres are not done with the Adam Frazier deal at all either, so we got to look out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be in the market for probably some of these guys. Sora Marte, even Cattell Marte, when he comes back, they're going to be in, in trade talks. Sora Marte to the Yankees, we've seen. Uh, Joey Gallo in trade talks, also in talks with an extension, mm-hmm. so he can go either way. And Craig Kimbrell, we've seen him in talks for the Astros and the Reds, uh, Red Sox, should say. So there's just a lot of these are a lot of the big names that we've seen. These are the guys mostly in the rumor mill right now. There's other guys, but these are the biggest names in the rumor mill right now who um, could obviously swing a whole season, yeah, or two seasons, yeah, for a team. There's a lot of good guys there that could really that are you know some of them are big free agents at the end of the year. Like you said, some of them have have uh, you know teams will have them for another two or three years or something. You could really see a whole landscape change, even a division especially like a t- uh, division like the NL East, if some wheeling and dealing goes on over there, that could really shake up things. Uh, as far as the trades we saw, I think the Adam Frazier deal is awesome. Wherever Adam Frazier went, I thought it was a good pickup unless he went, you know, to like the Orioles or something, someone that didn't make sense. But now you take a guy that's on the lowly pirates and now he's all of a sudden dead nuts in the middle of a, of a wild card and division run. Uh, so I think that's, a, as when you talk about the change of scenery, I think that just the winning environment, change of scenery, is going to make a difference for him. Same thing with Nelson Cruz, a guy that's no stranger to a winning teams. And now he went from a team that was, on, you know, for them an unfortunate season because they were kind of expected to be really good. Uh, now he's in a winning environment and really a different environment. The Rays is probably, the Rays team is probably a different environment than a lot of baseball. A's, Rays, teams like that that are kind of the, the underdog always. So that might benefit him. I mean, you saw him. I think he had a home run in his first game or two. Rich Hill kind of even ground, uh, maybe even a little bit technically. When you look at the, the uh, record, maybe a little bit of a degradation in the or a downgrade, I mean, in, in where he went. But 
The Mets are also, I believe, the division leaders. So he's gonna, you know, so he's gonna help with a uh, division run and a playoff push. So uh, I don't know if the change of scenery for him at 41 years old is going to make much of a difference in what he does, but I think the Adam Frazier thing might be the most significant now that he's finally on a team that's really pushing for for a good division, uh, you know, a divisional push and, and a wild card push. So I think you might see the the most change of scenery, quote unquote, uh, affects Adam Frazier. You yeah, know? Adam Frazier is a great player, and that's a, a great move for the Padres because he's just a great pure hitter yeah. all the way around. Yeah, um, I love him, and he's a. a a plus defender wherever you put him. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a great move. Um, other than that, it has been a relatively slow deadline. Um, the rumor mill has kind of been the same. We kind of seen the same names to the same places. There hasn't been, you know, a ton going on. Um, but the rumors, I think, um, I think there's a lot of rumors kind of behind the scenes this year, which is a little different. And I think it's still a lot of teams don't know if they should trade these guys who have multiple years left, like Jose Ramirez or, Jose Barrios, guys that they're still kind of on the fence about trading them away. Um, but the rumor mill um, has kind of been stagnant for a little while now, but that's going to all change. I mean, by the time that we even post this this, this episode, I mean, there's probably going to be 10 trades. Oh, yeah. Impactful trades that yeah. go off. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, expect the craziness all at once instead of a kind of a leading up to it, which is usually what we see this year that it's going to all happen all at once. Mm-hmm. Once someone pulls the plug on one, Six others are going to go. Yeah. And Adam Frazier was a start. Yep. Um, so a lot of teams are going to be like, well, he's out. Let's go get second baseman here. And they're going to start pulling the plug. And, and things are going to go crazy at that point. Yeah. Once the, st- the calls start getting made. And, uh, you know, you might even see some smaller trades affect larger trades. You know, you see some guys make roster moves uh, in order to open a roster spot for a trade. Or you see clear guys. Money. Yeah. You see guys, you know, like you said, clear money. You like to see guys. Uh, you know, they get a smaller player that ends up going somewhere else in a trade. You've seen that before. So there's three team deals that could always happen. So there's a lot There's a lot to watch. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of rumors. And uh, it's always uh, around this time of year people like to fantasize about, like, the crazy trades. You know, you like to, to see the, the big, big names uh, in the rumor talks. But you got to look at who are the teams realistically that really should be selling and then from go from there. Like the Cubs said they're sellers right there. So you could really make some really good moves out of that. Um, Diamondbacks have some pieces. They're really bad. Uh, so you got to be kind of realistic with your thinking, but there's a lot of good names out there on the, uh, on the block, yeah. you know, so there, there could be some teams that really get shaken up. Yeah. And then there's some good teams too, that are kind of been muddling, but are still going to try buying. Mm-hmm. And one include, you know, the Cardinals, they're still going to buy because that team's built not just for this year. They're built for, you know, the next few years. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go get Scherzer to help this year, but also to be there for the next couple of years. You get, you know, if the Cardinals got Scherzer, I mean, that would be that would be unbelievable. Jack Flaherty comes back, which is almost like an acquisition in itself, and then you get Scherzer, and mm-hmm. now your now your rotation is going to be headed by Flaherty and Scherzer for the next two years, three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's exactly what you want. That'd be for that team, hell yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you can see the Cardinals maybe sneak in that that race. You can see the Cardinals get a, go in for Trevor Story. Because mm-hmm. Paul DeJong's been struggling, and use Paul DeJong as a as a more of a utility pinch hit guy, hmm. and you get Trevor Story, and then try signing him back, and they reunite Arenado and Trevor Story, which has been offense surprisingly been lacking for the Cardinals, but a lot of injuries. You know, you see a lot of teams who could just you know they're that are muddling, but could also make big moves. I mean, the Braves, the Braves could technically get rid of Freeman. Yeah, they're not. I don't. You know, at this point, they're really struggling for a playoff spot, especially with Acuna. They can get rid of Freeman, get some prospects back, um, save some money, and go nuts. The Yankees could get rid of some guys. But I think most likely they'll buy a little bit more from next year than this year. But um, 
you're going to see there's a lot of teams like that. And Cardinals, Yankees, Braves are all – those are three teams that are going to be like that. Yeah, that are maybe thinking, well, we could buy this year and see what happens, and maybe we sneak into the playoffs or something. But if we set ourselves up for next year, That's the thing. we're really – It's yeah. to buy for this year, but also it's going to buy for next year. The Mariners are one. They're yeah. also going to try for this year, but they're going to try getting guys who are going to be there next year and the year after because they're, they're really not ready to, to win yet. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to do. Detroit, they're going to buy for this year maybe, but they're also going to buy for next year. Yep. So those are the, those are the teams you know that we're going to look for, and that could be a big, big switch up, because those players are usually worth more when they're on their contract for more than a year. Mm-hmm. Similar to Adam Frazier. Yeah, you're going to see bigger prospects go in, in trades like that. Obviously, you or know, big money flow. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, because you know it's not like you're just getting this guy and oh, go ahead, have him. He's he's yours for three years now. You know, for the rental buys where it's like a Trevor Story, where you get him for two months or so, it's a little bit cheaper cost. You know, unless you plan on signing him. Yeah, which, you know, you better make sure that you're, if your long-term plan includes a guy like that and you're trading for him, then, yeah, then the prospect pool that you're getting rid of is worth it. Even though you're paying the big money at the end of the day, you know, the prospect that you'd be giving up or the two or three prospects you'd give up would be worth it. So there's a lot into it. Um, there's a lot of really complicated trades, especially with def- money deferrals and, you know, players to be named later. And sometimes players to be named later become something and then trades look completely different in five years. Michael Brantley. Yeah, so... This time of year is always, I love this time of year with the trade deadline. It's like everyone can play their ultimate fantasy, you know, and it's almost like when you know, the year starts, it's like your team almost just has that resurgence. You're like, all right, well, now there's a little bit of excitement. We got this new guy, you know, maybe this new guy can really do it for us, but which there's been examples of that. There's been examples of guys coming over even in smaller trades and they make a big difference in the clubhouse or they make a big difference in the lineup and all of a sudden a team changes their, their mindset. So, you know, it, 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 it all depends. Every year's different, you know, so uh, different got group of guys, and yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think this is going to be a year where you're going to see one of those guys like, uh, you know, one of those CC-type years where a guy like CC gets traded to the Brewers, and he just makes he just carries the team to the playoffs, and he just has one of those historic runs. Yeah. Um, this, the year's shaped up like that because there's not many teams running away with things. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a player come in and get red hot, a good player like Trevor Story or Gallo or something like that, and just carry a team to the yeah. playoffs. So this is the type of year. Um, yep. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially like a guy like Scherzer went to the Cardinals or something and, and then just carried that team right to the playoffs. Yeah. And then the Cardinals get the playoffs and then they go nuts like they usually do and end up in the World Series. That'd be crazy. That could be a really potential landing spot, him and Jack Flaherty and Adam Wainwright. Looking like a good rotation to me, you know. So, So you never know. You really never know. And we won't know until we come back next episode and we can actually, you know, look at some of the, how some of these trades went. But with that... Uh, that's kind of our topic, and that was one of my bigger pieces of news was those those three trades. So uh, a little bit lighter on the news because that's really dominating all the news anymore around this time of year. So um, the other big two pieces of news I have, uh, number one, the big piece of news, probably the biggest, uh, is that the Cleveland Guardians are the new team in baseball replacing the name of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, so last week the Cleveland Indians announced that starting in 2022 they will be uh, referred to as the Cleveland Guardians. New team logos have been shown accompanied by an introductory video narrated by actor Tom Hanks. The reason for the, na- the new name Guardians is, quote, the 43-foot statues have stood on that on the Hope Memorial Bridge for almost 100 years, and you can see progressive field in the background while looking at them. The Guardians of Traffic are meant to symbolize the spirit of progress, and that lines up with dropping the name that has been deemed offensive, end quote. Uh, coming from CBS Sports. So the Cleveland Indians are now becoming the Cleveland Guardians. There's obviously been a little hoopla in the news with the Chief Wahoo logo and them changing their names, and you see it across uh, different sports. 
uh, with the Washington now Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redskins. Uh, so if you're a Cleveland Indians fan, you are now going to be a Cleveland Guardians fan unless you're jumping ship because of the, of the name change. So that's something to look you know look out for and uh, and I guess look forward to if you if you're an Indians fan maybe could change a little bit of a uh, you know could change the mojo for you because I know the Indians are a bit of a World Series drought. So uh, I'm not a I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of the name. I just think that the, there could have been they could have gone different directions with it. I understand where they went with it, but I think they could have gone a lot of different directions. So I'm a little disappointed, yeah. but if maybe I'm not an Indians fan, so maybe there's Indians fans out there. that are like, great. You know, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, they at least have something, some backstory, the statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we went with the Cleveland. Yeah. That bridge and the stadium, I don't know, a hundred feet, mm-hmm. 200 feet to the stadium. So it makes sense. And they don't have to change the back half of the name. Yeah. On the scoreboards, let's be honest, money, scoreboards and stuff like that, it's, it's the same, it's true. Mm-hmm. The logo does look pretty cool, but I, I just think the Guardians is just such a bland name. Mm-hmm. We've seen the XFL, New York had the first team and the name was the New York Guardians. It's just a bland name. I think you could have went other places and could have brought the Spiders back or, or, or anything, we talked about it many times, or something with the Rock, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, something, they could have done something different. They just kind of used a, a bland name. It's like kind of using a team would have came in and used like the Hawks or something. Yeah. Where there's a million of them in high school and college or, or the Tigers or something. It's just there's millions of them. It's just yeah. not unique. So, right. you know, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, you just kind of a little bit more, you, you know, had a little bit more hope. Or a little bit more enthusiasm about like a, a more creative name. Yeah. As an outsider looking in and just the general baseball fan. I'm not hugely, hugely excited about it, but I'm also not like, I'm not down on it. I don't think it's like a bad name. I just, I'm like, well, there it is. You know, there's their new name. I mean, it's cool that we're getting a new name. It's kind of nice once in a while. There's just this little bit of uh, difference in the leagues. If things start to get stagnant, not that things always have to change, but you know, there's, there's some things that happen. You're like, Oh, you know, when, when the NL central went from six teams to five teams and you know, the Astros went to the West and the AL it's like, Oh, okay. Well now we have even divisions. It's like the little things. Again, not that they have to change every year. It's just I like a little bit of a uh, little bit of shakeup here and there. Uh, the final piece of news before the wrap up: uh, the eighth no hitter of the season remains a bit elusive. So last week, three teams flirted with the historic eighth no hitter of the year. Uh, the Astros uh, faced a combined no hitter with six outs left against the Rangers, which also would have made the Rangers a part of history because it would have been no hit three times. Uh, the Angels' Patrick Sandoval took a no hitter in the ninth before having it ended. And most recently, yesterday, uh, as of recording this Sunday, the Yankees' Domingo Herman was six outs away from no-hitter on Sunday uh, against the Red Sox. Will we see an eighth no-hitter this year? Yes. I think so, too. With all these close calls and as many as we've had already, why not? Even a combined no-hitter. What the hell? So, yeah, so that eighth no-hitter still, there's about two months left to baseball, two-plus, and uh, we're still uh, we're still waiting on it. Uh, the wrap-up, number four, who's doing the best right now? The Giants still own the best record in the league at 62-37, and 37, with the Dodgers right behind them in the NL at 61-40. and 40. Uh, Over in the AL, the Red Sox and Astros hold, are tied for the best record in the league at 61-39, and 39, and the Rays are right behind them with the top wild card at 60-40. and 40. The Dodgers still own the best run differential in the league at plus 146, and the Diamondbacks own the worst at minus 150. No kidding. No shakeups, I don't think at all. From what we talked about last week, so so yeah, um, some hot teams I got to mention here: the Rays, Tigers, 
I think it's yeah. the fourth best record since May 8th in all baseball. Uh, the Astros and the Cardinals. Cardinals have played pretty well right before the All-Star break and right after they've been playing pretty well. Um, they can just get healthy. They're a team to look out for, for sure. Definitely. Um, some cold teams to look at. The Twins have been cold all year. Rangers have lost 10 straight. The Nationals have been bad. The Braves have been muttering. Um, uh, losing Acuna and, and some other guys has just really been hard for them, but um, yeah. just can't seem to get going. And uh, the Reds have been uh, real streaky this year um, with a lot of talent, so they can really make a, uh, a change in the, in the league if they decide to start trading guys off. So uh, those are some uh, hot and cold teams I have to, uh, you know, some guys to look out for. Yeah, and this is uh, right around that time where you all of a sudden you start becoming a seller or a buyer, and uh, all of a sudden are you really in the division? Are you really or in the wild card? You know, there's a lot of decisions to be made around this time. You know, you got to think about it. You say you got 60-plus games left. Or even you know at close to sixty, you know you're, uh, you know you're looking at it realistically. You're not going to go, you know, fifty and ten realistically. You know, so you got to start really thinking about where you're at well, as Rockies far as a team. Well, yeah, unless yeah, unless you go just absolutely berserk and have a historic run. But realistically, you got to realistically look at where your team's at and realistically what you could finish with, at what what record you could have, even if you're hot at the end of the year with the last sixty games. So there's a lot of. You know, inward looking for these teams, you got a team like the Rangers that just lost 10 straight. That's just how it is. They, they're not good. So yeah. they don't have to really be thinking about what they're doing. But, no, you don't but, really got to look around and see, well, what should we do? Well, mm-hmm. I think if you, if you don't know what to do by now, then you don't know what you're doing at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, but there's there's some teams that are on that, uh, that borderline that have to make a decision. Uh, so let's move on to our who's hot and who's not uh, segment of the show. Move on to our hot and cold players. Uh, as always, I like to kind of highlight the players of the week. This week it was Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez. I don't have Kike Hernandez's stats. I believe he batted 400 over the last week, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right on the nose. He batted 400. But Chris Taylor, I did. I had him uh, previously already on my notes. He batted about. Uh, excuse me. He batted 480 last in the last week with a 1160 slugging and a 1660 OPS. Uh, my number two hot player is Dalton Varsho. He batted 474 over the last week with a 1053 slugging. And a 1576 OPS. Uh, number three, Harrison Bader batted 478 over the last week with an 870 slugging and a 1390 OPS. Brian Reynolds, number four, he batted 455 over the last week with a 682 slugging and 1160 OPS. And number five, Freddie Freeman batted 429 over the last week with a 714 slugging and a 1234 OPS. So a lot of uh, a lot of hot guys there. Uh, really, only one guy that i have listed on my five that's in like a really hyper competitive team harrison bader is the only other close you know because the braves at this point are, are kind of questionable at best yeah. you know so yeah and freddie freeman i think he went 138 pitches between swing and misses something yeah some insane stat yeah, he's been going just absolute berserk yeah yeah um, he has some other guys i got here on hot list are ronald Torres been playing well andrew vaughn yep for the for the white Sox, been playing well and andy abanez He's been mm-hmm. playing pretty well. There's a, you know, small name no one really ever talks about. No, no. <laughs> Some pitchers to look out for. Tuki Tassaint for the Braves. Mm-hmm. Pitching well. Uh, Domingo Herman and Patrick Sandoval, obviously. Close no hitters, so they're obviously pitching well. Uh, Lynch for the Royals. Pitching very well. Yep. And Gregory Soto for the, the uh, Tigers. Pitching well. Um, a guy to look out for, possibly on the trade deadline. Yep. Lefty, who does really hard with a, a big sinker. Yeah, a lot of guys to look out for. Some guys with a lot of talent. There's no surprise that, you know, the Tigers. Tigers do have talent. I'm surprised they're playing as well as they are, but they got some young talent. 
So, sure. the, you know, there's if you're a Detroit fan, there's something to look forward to for sure. Uh, but let's move on to the second part, the who's not, the cold players. Uh, number one I have is Jared Kalanick, .053 average over the last week with a .053 slugging and a .234 OPS. Just can't find his footing yet in the MLB. Uh, really talented guy, just hasn't, uh, like I said, I just hasn't found his footing yet. Uh, number two, Joey Gallo. After being absolutely red hot going into the All-Star break, he's a bit ice cold here. Uh, .056 average with a .056 slugging and a .246 OPS. Number three, another guy I believe was really, really hot, uh, J.P. Crawford. Uh, .080 average over the last week with a .080 slugging and a .195 OPS. Uh, number four, Cole Calhoun. Bad 100 over the last week with a 100 slugging and a 282 OPS. And number five, Joe Panic. Batted 100 over the last week with a 100 slugging and a 200 OPS. Uh, so none of that is good. N- none of that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other guys here to mention. Jared Walsh been struggling a little bit. Justin Upton since his return from the from the IL. Uh, Michael Conforto. And uh, Willie Adamas. Those are some other guys who have been struggling here uh, recently. And uh, some of them have been, you know, hot too. Uh, Willie Adamas, Conforto have been pretty hot. And Walsh have been pretty hot. So they're... You know, that's turning a little bit, and they're going more on the cold side. Yeah. Um, some pitchers that have been on the cold side, uh, Brad Hand, Hugh Darvish, Kenley Jensen blew three saves in a row. He's getting booed in L.A. Uh, Patrick Corbin's been cold all year. And Chris Bassett, or Bassett, he's mm-hmm. been uh, struggling a little bit here. Uh, not too, too bad, but uh, still uh, worth mentioning on the cold list here since he's been uh, one of the better pitchers this year. So, um, other than that, I mean, you know, we're going to some injuries here. Uh, again, it was on one of the better sides of the injury weeks. We had uh, Colin McHugh going the IL. Darren O'Day was officially announced he's going to be out for the year. Luis Arias for the Twins, placed in the IL. Uh, Alex Kurlioff for the Twins, out for the year. He's getting surgery. Wow. Uh, Max Scherzer was scratched due to, you know, day-to-day. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was something with his arm. I think it was his triceps. Yeah, um, I think it was more like, hey, we're not going to push this because we're going to trade you kind of thing. Uh, Nick Castellanos was placed on the IL with the wrist fracture or some sort of fracture in his wrist. Um, and Mookie Betts plays in the IL with uh, hip uh, soreness. So um, a couple big names there, but nothing, nothing crazy. No uh, superstars getting uh, you know down for the down for the year. Yeah, no Acuna or Trout injury. Yeah, you know, for, like forever. We had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we have some some on, on the better side. Jo- uh, John Means activated. Freddie Galvis soon to be activated. Aloy Jimenez activated today. Will be in the lineup. Uh, Luis Robert starting a rehab assignment. So those are some young guys to you know. We're excited to see. Uh, Trout, they shut down again. Um, he started running lightly. Uh, they said it's nothing to be alarmed. It's just that he was sore. So they're just not going to push him. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he got shut down, but still he is overall progressing. Right. Uh, Anthony Rendon still a couple weeks away. Uh, Morcana was activated. DeGrom's expected to make a rehab start and be back with the Mets shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Ross for the Nationals activated and pitched today. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Belt to go on a rehab assignment soon. So those are some big names, possibly in trade. Some of them in trade talks, but also um, going to be in you know playoff hunts and playoff pictures um, when they get back. Yeah, yeah. You got to start thinking about even someone like Brandon Belt. You got to start thinking about maybe he's a, you know, you got to think about him for the playoffs. You know the way the Giants are playing, it's it's going to be no surprise if they do even even if they start to falter, they might make the wild card. So, yeah. uh, which is uh, just absolutely still just mind boggling to me, but. Um, yeah, not some, some of these teams are going to get these guys back. Mm-hmm. It's almost like trading for them. You're almost like trading for them. like if the Angels get Trout back here soon. It's like almost like you traded for Trout. Yeah. So that's true. What, that's what these teams got to look at. Like, hey, we're going to get our guy back here, but you know, give or take a little less than half a season. But that's enough time to make a big move. 
So, um, you know, it, the injuries at this time are just as important as a trade deadline. Agreed. Agreed, because this is usually like a time of year where, say, someone had a big injury. Like, you see a lot of Tommy John guys start to kind of find their way back around this time of year or the All-Star break. You know, it's like you said, uh, they, there's a resurgence. You know, they get a second-half push almost like they got a trade. You know, so it's uh, it's big for some of these guys. And uh, it's big for teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a uh, guy I didn't even put on my list here, but I mention him every, every week, Chris Sale. Um, now the rehab start uh, went three and two-thirds, like 60-something pitches. He's expected to pitch again next this Saturday, and he's expected to be stretched out to about six innings. So if he went 60 pitches, you're talking about 70 to 80 pitches his next start, um, which means when he gets activated, you're talking maybe 90 pitches. Mm. So we're, we're talking to Chris Sale here in the next week or two. Um, and for a guy who's been looking great, a Tommy John guy, but he's been out for so long with Tommy John, I think he's almost like uh, really cleared that Tommy John maybe got his control back, his velocity's back, and he's going to be um, a big, big part for the Red Sox and for the AL um, playoff picture. Yeah, for, for a team like the Red Sox, who's already doing great and really has been uh, killing it in their division, to get someone like him, I mean, it's just it's invaluable, you yeah. know. Yeah, so look out for that. And our last bit here is our trivia question. Obviously, it goes right with the trade deadline. Which player has been traded the most in MLB history? And the record is held by Cameron Maben, and it's nine times. His last trade was uh, this year. He was traded from the Cubs to the Mets for $1. <laughs> when the Mets had all those injuries of the outfielders in a row there, um, they traded for Cameron Maben for $1. But that broke the record, and he holds the record for most. Which players traded the most in MLB history? Cameron Maven nine times. Yeah, I didn't know that. I can't believe I didn't read that when that when that happened, or I, maybe I just forgot it when I saw it. But yeah, uh, he's a guy. Who, what I believe he was a first overall pick, or top five overall pick. Yeah, I know he was drafted high. For yeah, the Marlins, yeah. Uh, Padres actually. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he was drafted in 07, I believe it was. Yeah, it's got to be around there. 07, it's got to be. Maybe 04. I don't think he's quite that old. I think it was 07. Maybe yeah. Not. Maybe it might have been 04. Made his debut in 07. Give or take, it's that, that time frame. That's really not that long ago. To be traded no. nine times. Not to say it's 07. That's, what, 14 years? Mm-hmm. Trade nine times. No, it's almost a trade a year. I know. It's crazy. How do you even For a first-round pick. Yeah. Yep. So, it's pretty crazy to think about. And he's been a guy who really has been uh, a solid veteran. Mm-hmm. Pretty much his whole career. Oh, yeah. Just a solid outfielder. Maybe a, you know, a starting center fielder on, uh, you know, a team you want some defense or uh, a great fourth outfielder or a great veteran guy. So, um, you know, a guy who's actually, you know, he's a, he's a good ball player and he's well-liked. Yeah, he holds value, you know, for sure. Definitely more than a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So. That's one of those, like, cartoonish trades you hear. They trade him for a rosin bag and, yeah. you know. Yeah, Cy Young trade for a suit. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's. That's pretty much all I got here. Yeah, that's a that's a, a good trivia question, a good episode as far as, you know, this is leading up to the trade deadline because, like I said, you know, next time that we record, it will be the trade deadline will be over. And then when the next one goes up, we'll really have, you know, some time in between some big trades. So Yeah, we'll um, have some, uh, some, a lot to talk about next episode. It'll probably be a little longer. We'll dissect each trade and kind of see what happened and where, where the league stands after it and what the future can hold. Yeah, hopefully there's some there's some big trades that happen. Hopefully there's enough meat on the bone to be able to talk about, as opposed to some some years tend to just be a little disappointing, especially if some of your favorite teams you're expecting to really make a splash and they don't. Uh, the or Pirates ruin their franchise again. Yeah, yeah, they just trade everyone that they have for nothing. Yeah, 
So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, the trade deadline is always mysterious and a little, uh, a little surprise. There's always a little surprise in there somewhere. Uh, we'll look forward to that. But as far as this episode goes, it's kind of all I got too. So unless you got anything else, we can wrap this thing up. No, that's, that's it. Just uh, excited. Next week's going to be a huge episode, and we're going to really dissect uh, all these trades that we're expecting to happen here and um, see what, like I said, we'll see what the future holds and see what the, you know, the landscape of the league is going to look like mm-hmm. um, after this trade deadline. Um, it's going to be – it's always exciting. Phone going off a thousand times, Twitter going nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, trades coming in after the deadline is always my favorite. Zach Cranky, one of the biggest trades we've seen in the last couple of years, way after the deadline. Yeah. It's like, okay, so they just don't follow the rules or <laughs> – wasn't reported on they just kept it a secret but yeah. anyway it gets crazy it really does get crazy and um you know we're gonna we're gonna see a lot here i think especially all at once that's what this deadline's looking like it's not gonna mm-hmm. be a progressive thing it's gonna be like up oh, deadline up 10 trades yeah and for a season that's already been kind of topsy-turvy and just things that i just don't expect happen like you know the mariners are almost looking at a wild card um detroit almost 500 yeah i i <laughs> For a season I can't make heads or tails of, I'm sure there's going to be trades I can't make Twins heads or tails of. Twins in last place. Of. Yeah. The Royals were in first for a while. Giants were in first. Arizona yeah. lost 98 games in a row. Yankees and Braves stink. <laughs> Colorado has nine win- wins on the road, ten walk-off <laughs> wins. I mean, we're talking a ruckus. Things don't make sense. Yeah. So. And uh, our commissioner's still uh, a gapped tooth uh, idiot. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really talked about him in a while. Maybe he's due for us to uh, fuck up in the news, you know? Yeah, trip <laughs> fall down and uh, smash the piece of metal they call the trophy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, stupid. right, right. But, yeah, we'll see what happens to the trade deadline. And uh, we'll get, you know, we'll come back with the uh, next episode. And we'll, like I said, we'll uh, dissect it and kind of look at each trade, especially if there's a lot of them. Um, oh, you know, going to be. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Uh, that's kind of the, the beauty of it sometimes. You just don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So, like I said, with that, that's kind of all I got. Um, unless you got anything to wrap it up on. Nope, that's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No E and Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.